All right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Monday, March 20th of 2023 here back after the weekend so looking forward to a good week of shows here you guys know we do this show monday through friday 2 p.m eastern come on the show get your questions answered we answer questions both that come in live in the youtube chat or in the office hours channel in our discord server uh for those of you who are new here welcome my name is andrew one of the new one of the coaches over here at sabersim uh, looks like Daniel is here. Welcome, Daniel. Uh, this is a show where we go over how to use the Saberson app, answer any and all DFS-related questions. Like I said, you can post them live in the YouTube chat, in the Office Hours channel, in our Discord server. If you're not in our Discord, there's a link in the description below to get joined up. Highly recommend it, as always. Uh, looks like we have a six-game NBA slate, as well as a five-game hockey slate here. Uh, was a good weekend of you know, golf and MMA and Formula One, NASCAR, uh, action-packed weekend, great time to be playing DFS. And then we got league today. Tennis is coming up, big tennis uh, tournament coming up this week. So a lot of fun DFS. If you're not joined up with Sabersim and want to check us out, there's a link in the description below. Seven-day, no-strings-attached free trial. And with that, we are going to jump right in here. So it looks like we have a couple questions to get us going today. If uh, anybody has any questions, now is a great time to get them in. I'm going to start with a question that came in from support over the weekend here. And the question says, Hi, Saberson. I have to say I absolutely love the late swap and unique players, features, and instructional videos. Using the tactics a few times in NBA contests, I got to thinking, if I'm going to late swap each for each time slot, should I also use the min unique tactic where I keep increasing the min uniques until my total lineups lower or the last lineup ranking exceeds 400 when building the initial lineups. I ask because I look at both as ways to get different from the field, but I'm a bit afraid that I may be getting too unique. Okay, good question here. So uh, this is a good one to get us going today. So I'm just going to pull up a build that I ran a little bit ago. We'll use this as our demo build here for the day. And... Um, what I would say is that something that like, I like to do, which I know that we have different ways of approaching this, uh, within the team ourselves, just kind of, to me says that there's no right way to do it. There's no one way that is, you know, the only way to do it. Right. So for somebody like Scott and in Jordan, they really like to max out mini uniques. Basically what they do is they increase the mini uniques until the number of lineups requested can't be met, right? So at six, uh, we have 19 lineups. So that does not work, right? So then my understanding is that they would decrease it one to get it back to um, within range and then be comfortable playing those lineups. Uh, I think that's fine. If, if you are somebody who wants to get really spread out really wide, I think that approach makes sense. Something that I like to do, which instead of going like, to max diversity first, I go to half diversity first. So my goal is to get like half of my lineup unique from every other lineup in my pool and then see where I'm at from there as far as how far down in my pool I have to go. So I like to scroll to the bottom of my lineups here uh, at four mini uniques, which is about half my lineup. I'm at lineup 41. That's like top 10% of my pool here. I think that's great. I would experiment with going uh, one step further here 
and I would be okay playing five as well. So, so, you know, uh, more than one path to the right answer. Uh, it's interesting that, you know, both approaches that we took there, both got us to five mini uniques. Uh, but I would be okay with four. Uh, and, uh, I think that sometimes when you do this experiment, uh, you might even get to less depending on the number of games on the slate. So I would be, um, open to, to approaching it from different angles to having different mini uniques for different size slates. And then, you know, for late swap, talking about late swap specifically here, uh, basically the point of late, late swap is, is you're trying to capitalize on breaking news and, and projection adjustments and updates that the field is not paying attention to, right? So I would be a little more careful using late swap and mini uniques uh, and, and maxing out mini uniques, mostly because what mini uniques is going to do is get you off of the best plays and uh, diversify your portfolio, which I think is great, especially pre-lock. But I think post-lock, if, you know, let's say I haven't looked at the in in injury report yet, uh, but, you know, Luka and Kyrie are, are projected to play questionable. Let's say they both get ruled out. Now Dallas becomes huge value. Uh, you probably want to get to like a lot of Dallas. And especially if, you know, if only 50% of the field is swapping and some of these Dallas guys like Tim Hardaway comes in 25% owned, well, he probably would have been like 50 plus percent owned if that news would have came out pre-lock. So, so that right there is the edge. So just, you know, watch your exposures as you increase mini uniques in your late swaps and make sure you're not uh, getting decreased exposure to the now best plays. Make sure that you're able to maintain high exposure to some of those new plays that have opened up after lock and be uh, flexible with adjusting your mini uniques up or down. So that's probably the best advice I can give on that topic. All right, so that was a good question uh, that came in from support. We'll make sure to get a timestamp recording back over to you. Going to hop over to the Discord here. And the question that came in first was like right after our Friday show with Sklarmageddon. I thought this was a good one, so I, I do want to cover this for everybody here. Question was, hey, Andrew, sorry, uh, going to skip that part. Here's my question. I made an NHL build last week and used Sabres score 2.0 to sort. One one was large slate, 10 to 50K. I filled the contest with that. Then I sorted by large slate, 1K to 10K, and filled my smaller contest. When I checked my lineups in DK, I had eight or so that were in there twice, once in the smaller and once in the bigger. Is there any way for me to use the new sorting, but within a single build and not duplicate myself? So I thought this was a really good question. So basically, you know, basically instead of running two separate builds uh what again said is like hey i'm just going to run one build and then i'm going to sort them differently in the post build uh to to save time right i think this can make a lot of sense if you're right up against lock and don't have time for multiple builds so i thought this was like pretty intuitive uh in order to do what you are trying to do uh, so basically he's saying like, Hey, I'm going to build, you know, 20 lineups for a diversifier. I'm going to fill these in a 20 max. And then I want to go back and fill my elevators, which are my single entries in three maxes. I don't want to dupe. How do I get rid of these lineups and basically work with the rest of my pool in my new sorting method. So the only way to do that at the moment would be to come in here and then just trash these. So then I would just trash these 20 lineups here. And then it goes, it goes pretty fast depending on the number of lineups you're building here. So I just trashed all 20 lineups. I'm going to hit fill to 20. 
So then it's going to give me 20 new lineups out of my pool. And then I can come in here and then I can resort. And then it will give me a, um, a new set of lineups at the top to uh, that have not been used yet. So, so in this example, you know, we have another a fresh set of lineups here. And then if you were to fill with these new lineups, they would not be the same as your 20 that you just filled with. So uh, I, I did ask the team about like a bulk trash feature. And they said that, you know, that is on the roadmap to work into the app in the near future. But for now, it didn't take too long to trash those. And that is how you would do that. Skarmageddon was happy with that answer. So glad we were able to cover that, but did want to cover that for everybody watching. All right. Next question from Jay Sams Jr. Question is, hello, Andrew. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Uh, also, I have a question of what is the best way to build for a 150 max contest if you're only going to put be putting in 1 to 10 lineups for the nickel contest on FanDuel? Should I put in the entry limit for 150 entry, even though I am only playing less than 150 lineups? Saberson rocks. Awesome. Uh, so good question here. Uh, what I would do is that, you know, treat the contest as the contest and not the number of entries you have in the contest. So if you are putting a hundred, if you're putting 10 lineups in 150 max, uh, over 50 K, I would leave that. I, I would, I would leave that as the contest settings. And then regardless of what you do in the post build, uh, just change the number of lineups because what those settings are really doing. And if you're, if you're not playing 150, you're only playing 10, just change just the number of lineups to 10. What, what you are doing with that is you're telling Saberson like, Hey, you know, this is the type of contest I'm playing. Build me lineups that can win this contest. So you do want to give Saberson that input. You do not want to tell it, you know, you're playing a smaller contest where you might not need as high of a score or, or as much upside to win. So it's better to tell Saber score, Saberson the type of contest you're playing, and then you can just adjust the number of lineups you need in the post build. So that is how I would do that. But good question there. Uh I'm going to go with Zara here. Zara said, uh, will there be Sims for PGA match play this week? Frankly, I don't know. I know that there was some discussion going around it, uh, about it this morning. So um, in, in past seasons, we have not supported match play, but I, I do know the team was talking about it. So let me get an update on that uh, match play support. And then I can answer that on tomorrow's show. And then because you posted it in the Discord, I can uh, ping you back in the Office Hours channel and, and let you know in case you miss it. So good question there. I will find out if we are going to be supporting match play or not. All right. Uh, scrolling up here, jumping over to the YouTube chat. If anybody has any questions, now's a great time to get them in. Daniel said, if I'm doing NBA 3-match GVP, is it always best to diversify all three lineups using mini uniques and running 5,000 pool? Also, is diversification always best if for NBA if running less than 10 lineups per slate? Okay, good question. So um, it, it sounds like you're on the pro plan. So, you know, on the pro plan, you can build up to 5,000 lineups. Uh, I would say that, you know, if you're in a time crunch, I think it's okay to build less. Uh, the right answer is like to always build 5,000 because you can. And because the way that Saber Sim generates lineups, the best lineup is not always first. Uh, we could generate 5,000 lineups. And then after they're generated, 
Saber score then goes in and ranks them and figures out which ones are the best. So in theory, your best lineup could be your last built lineup. So it's always good to build 5,000. Uh, if you're in a time crunch, I think it's totally okay to decrease that number and just make that number smaller there. Uh, because 5,000 for three is like a little bit of overkill. So no, no problem uh, decreasing that number at all here. But getting back to your next question about diversification. So I think that, you know, the less lineups you have, the more diverse you can get just naturally here, uh, just because you have more options, right? So if we were to look at our entire pool of lineups here, we have, uh, let's go back to, let's say we're doing, let's say we're doing 150 lineups, right? Uh, I can't even get to four mini uniques. I run out of lineups. I would have to do three mini uniques here uh, to get 150. But let's say I'm only doing three lineups, right? I'm pretty sure I can get probably up to six mini uniques, seven mini uniques. Let's see. Okay, we can do seven, eight mini uniques. If we do eight, no, we can't do eight. So we can do seven though. So so basically you have more optionality the less lineups that you are uh, building. So I think that's like even more of a reason to get spread out here is just because, you know, the less the less lineups you have, the less kind of opportunities you have in, in a contest to get first. So if you have, you know, a lot of similar pieces in those three lineups, then your lineups are really boomer bust. They're all really kind of all going to do good or all going to do bad. If you were to um, use a higher min uniques here, use more players in your across your three lineups, that just gives you more shots on goal. And if one player gets gets hurt, you know, gets gets ejected, gets get does has a bad game. It really has no effect on your other lineups. We're on, the only player we're sharing here is Simone uh, Fontesio, and I believe that is because Laurie Marcanning got ruled out, so his ownership is already really high here. So probably a fine play overall. But I think that you know the less lineups you're playing overall on a given night, the more you should increase your mini uniques to try and spread out even further. We're still only using 22 players in our player pool, so I think it's totally fine there. All right. Uncrabby Cabby said, Hey, Andrew, for MLB, will there be adjusted ownership for stacks? That is a good question. Frankly, I don't know. I know that there is going to be adjusted ownership for players, but I don't think there will be adjusted ownership for stacks, mostly because we don't project stacked ownership. I think we would have to project stacked ownership in order to have adjusted ownership for stacks. So I think that's going to be handled on like the player level, but ultimately that will have a compounding effect when we are grading your lineups based on the uh, Saber score sorting metric. Snowman said, uh, how do I win in NBA? Uh, you know, great question. <laughs> I would say, uh, you know, the best thing that you can do really, if, if you want to be able to play NBA long-term is to follow the DFS profit plan that we have up on the YouTube channel. If you guys are not familiar with that, you know, it's our contest selection framework that we created based on a lot of backtesting. We did an entire backtesting series on it in our uh, Behind the Sims videos. So if you want to, you know, dive into how that plan came to fruition, go in and watch our uh, Behind the Sims series episodes one through four about contest selection. And then what came out of that was our uh, DFS profit plan which you can find on our homepage of our YouTube channel, start winning more with our DFS profit plan. It is basically uh, telling you, you know, kind of the ranges of 
the ba right balance of contests to play and where to play those contests. So the best thing that you could do is play under the $3 threshold where the best players do not have access to those contests. You know, 90% of winning is finding the right games and finding the right contests to play. So you always want to find an area where you are better than the average player in that contest. So that is why contest selection is so important there. You know, something I say all the time is that you give you the 10th best poker player in the world. If you're sitting at the table with the other nine, you are now the worst player at the table. That is why contest selection is so important. So strong contest selection, strong bankroll management, following a lot of the um, tips and, and, and advice that we give on this show in our channel, you know, how to beat NBA DFS in 2022, uh, revisit these videos, you know, listen to Max talk about NBA DFS at the beginning of the season. Listen to Jordan and I talk about how to research NBA. Listen to Jordan talk about late swap and why it's important and why you should be late swapping or, or be prepared to late swap each and every slate, right? So I would, I would review some of this content. Uh, hang in there if you're having a rough go at it and just continue to grind it out. But going to get Saber Sam pulled back up on the screen here. And it looks like we have quite a few viewers at the moment. So welcome, everybody. Glad you are all tuning in. If you have questions, now's a great time to get them in. Kyle said, thanks for answering my question. Perfect. Happy to help, Kyle. And uh, Snowman said, Saber Sam rocks. Uh, we do our best, man. We do our best over here. All right. Mike Carr said, will there be an MLB show or video prior to the start of the season? Yes, there definitely will be. We, we should have something like how to beat MLB DFS in 2023. Uh, the, there, there should be plenty to talk about this season with all the rule changes going on across MLB with, you know, the pitch clock and uh, stolen bases being increased and a lot of the uh, new changes and adjustments to data that are going to need to take place uh, look going, going into the new season. So there should be something out on that within the next like week or two here. So I'll make a note of myself. So, to find out when we will have some MLB content, but MLB is a big sport for us and we will make sure to get something out for everybody. Uh, scrolling down here, RS said watching the pro videos is like collecting gold. It's it's one of the great reasons to be on the, on the pro plan, man. Uh, you know, I, we, we have a lot of features that come with the Sabres and pro plan that, which we list here. Uh, but right behind build up to 5,000 lineups. I really think the pro exclusive content is number two on that list. Just, uh, you know, we, we have different people talk every, each and every week. We've had, you know, we've had um, Matt, Jordan, Scott, myself. I think Max has been on there. Uh, you know, we, we ch are challenging, like, the DFS status quo. We are talking about new ways of looking at problems and just advanced theory and uh, I, I think it's a I think it's a great listen if you're on the pro plan. But if you're not on the pro plan, I think that is one of the very enticing reasons to join the pro plan is some of these pro videos. All right, Grayson said, "What's up, Andrew? How you how do you personally uh, filter your pool to get the most optimal lineups for your NBA contests?" Uh, this is a good question. This is something that you know I've I've really gone back and forth on kind of all NBA season uh, in that NBA video that I just referenced with Max Steinberg, Max talked about, you know, curating his player pool kind of uh, aggressively with like a min projection filter of 18. You can watch him in the video say that he says he would use like a 
min projection filter of 18. And that was at the beginning of the season. You know, I don't know what he's doing now. And then, you know, for, for a while I was experimenting with that. And then I kind of got away from that. And I, I started to uh, trust the sim more. I think the sim does a great job on its own. So what I started doing was setting a filter of seven here. And basically I just kind of wanted like a guardrail filter for like some of the lowest projected plays. Uh, so I don't have to see guys with zeros just like cluttering my table here. Uh, and then you could do it with this high remove player. So I would make this cutoff around like seven. I found that it was like a decent uh, thing for like minutes. You know, there's like usually like a minute to drop off around that mark. So it's just something I would, I would use just kind of out of the gate, just like a uh, guardrail. And then, you know, when I would run a build, right, I'm going to, I'm going to run a build right now with this at seven, even, even with giving the builder that extra optionality to go that far down the projection uh, list, it never really would. And it, it would still stay closer to like 13 ish. And I, I thought that was really uh, a good example of like the builder knows what it's doing and, and is able to, like put in the right players in the right times here. So if we are scroll down to seven, which is my cutoff, uh, we, we aren't seeing any of these players up until 13. And we're seeing one lineup here with Anthony Lamb, which I might just get rid of. It's uh, it's literally the only lineup in the in the pool with him. Uh, but, but you know, we're barely getting any exposure to the, some of these plays. And then we start to get more exposure around like the 17 point range and up. So, so the builder is doing what it needs to do on its own. Uh, I have experimented lately with being a little more restrictive and trying to like really focus in and, and uh, decrease my player pool. So I think there's like a lot of different ways to do it. I don't think there's a right or wrong way. This kind of goes back to like the mini unique uh, discussion we're talking about where some players like to be really unique and some players like to be less unique. I think that, you know, you should feel comfortable being like wide open with your player, with your, player pool and having no filters. But then I also think that you can do some player pool curation, right? So, um, you know, no, no right or wrong answer here. I would say run builds, you know, you can just sit here and just run a build, you know, add some filters, add no filters, run a build, run a build, run a build. And you can have, you know, as many builds as you want. We don't cap you. And you can just figure out what you want and try different filters and see what you're comfortable with. What is passing the eye test for you? What is getting you to the exposures that you want on a player level, on a team level, on a stack level, depending on the sport, right? So uh, be open with it, uh, experiment, and and trial and error is probably your best friend for figuring that out. Uncrabby Cavi said, "I think I think Snowman's lineups are affected by your mustache." I I, I don't know. He he's made a couple of comments up to this point, so we'll, we'll see. He's I don't think he's a fan. Daniel said, if I'm on the pro plan, how do I find the pro exclusive content? Great question. So in the discord, if you are on the pro plan, you should have access to the pro channels, which is uh, a lineup named pro and then pro videos. So if you don't have those lineups and you're in the discord, uh, just ping us in the support uh, channel and just say, Hey, I'm on the pro plan. I, I'm not seeing the pro or pro videos channel, but that is where they live in the pro videos channel. You should be able to find all past pro exclusive content. It is all housed there. So great news is if you sign up today, you get all of the past pro videos as well. We try to release one new pro video a week on average, uh, a little, a little leeway there. All right. Uh, jumping back to discord. Looks like Zara said, sound good. Sounds good. Thanks about the PGA match play. Yep. I will make sure to get an answer back to you on that one. And then question from Chuck the pure Chuck said, 
with the sliders being so similar for 20 max and single entry, is it better to do one build or separate builds? Uh, so I would actually be kind of surprised if they were like super similar. So correlation one, sim diversity seven for a 20 max one to 10 K and then for single entry. Oh yeah, it is pretty close. Uh, so I would say that, you know, this is probably a preference thing. I think usually the number of entrants changes a lot here. So like, you'll see a lot of single entries from like one to 10 K, but then you'll see a lot of 20 max in like the 10 to 50 K range. Uh, even the sliders are really similar there. So I, I, I think that's probably a good case to um, build them all together, especially in a sport like NBA to save some time. So you could, you know, focus on risk management in the post build for one build as opposed to having to manage two builds and then do two late swaps and things like that. Um, kind of goes against like some of the diversifier elevator stuff. So I, I, I think that the benefit of building your single entries and three maxes is different is that you can get kind of really granular with them and you usually, you're usually, you know, not playing as many of them, right? Like you might enter five dime times for like a hundred unique entries, but you might only enter, you know, up to like 10 unique lineups across single entries and three maxes. So you get to micromanage those a little more. You get to be kind of more particular about what players are in those lineups, what those stack types are. They don't get lost in the weeds. And then the other good thing is that, you know, when you go to fill those lineups, uh, you know exactly what lineups are going into those contests. And it's not kind of uh, random as it might be when you're using unique rank or unique random across a big contest portfolio, right? So I think that if there are certain contests that you really care about to build them separately and uh, be able to be a little more intentional with some of those exposures and where they go. But uh, if, if, if that's not the case, if you know, you're, you're really comfortable with all of the entry limits across all of your contests, I think building them all together does make a lot of sense there just for, for time purposes and for ease of maneuver there. All right. That is our last question in both the YouTube channel and the discord. I'm going to go through the NBA injury report here. Uh, do a little first look while we wait for any more questions to roll in. So if anybody has any questions, uh, get them in the chat and we will go from there and see where we end up on this show, but going to pull up the NBA injury report here. So I'm going to go over to our basketball news dashboard here. A lot of questionables. looks like Luca was also just ruled out. We were just talking about Luca and Kyrie here. So it looks like Luca is indeed out today. Uh, so let's roll through here, right? Uh, right at lock, plenty of, plenty of news to worry about. Um, I guess the Dar Duarte and Jackson aren't like super important. Duarte has been starting a lot. Uh, Benedict Mathurin has been out for a little while here. He's like their sixth man off the bench, uh, you know, right off the bench. So he, he should be important if he's rolled in and then we'll, we'll, we'll take a look at the out players in a minute here. Um, you know, not not super concerned about these guys on Chicago and Philly here. Anthony Edwards, Rudy Gobert, Naz. Uh, seems like Gobert and Naz are questionable like almost every day now. Every time we do this segment, every time I'm playing like on the weekends, you know, they're always questionable. And to this point, they've they they've both played every single time in like the last like across like the last three games where they've been questionable. So not putting too much weight there, but I feel like as soon as you do that, they're gonna get ruled out. So who knows? So keep your eye on the center situation with Minnesota. And then Anthony Edwards dealing with a right ankle sprain. Uh, we will see if he plays. We will also see if he's on a minutes limit if he does play. But I did hear he was in a boot, you know, after like the initial injury. So that like kind of leads me to believe they'll be a little more uh, careful with him. But we will see. 
uh, Kevin Looney, Jalen Green, Sengun, these are all big names. Uh, and then, you know, couple that with Hardaway, Kyrie, and Jaron Jackson Jr., and Kevin Herter. Like, there is a lot of news here late in the slate. So uh, about, you know, halfway point of the slate, six games, and then, you know, this back half of the six games. So might be an opportunity to work in some late swap flexibility depending on when this news comes out. But I would definitely be keeping my news, my eyes on all of this 7 p.m. Central news and, and seeing how that all works out. All right, so Halliburton is out. I think that's important for this Mathurin news, makes the Mathurin news even more valuable. Uh, Mark Williams is out, so I think that means Nick Richards is probably next man up there. Uh, yeah, he is priced up pretty high already, though. Uh, Kai Jones, I thought Kai Jones had like a really good game, like last game Chicago played or Charlotte played. So I would be uh, looking into some of how some of this center split with with Charlotte and seeing how that's all going to work out with Mark Williams out and see if Mark Williams was indeed out the last game and how that all played out. So possibly a little uh, research to do in Charlotte. And then obviously we got the Luca news. Clarkson's out. Mark Cannon's out. Sexton's out. Uh, this is why uh, Fontesio was chalked. I'm assuming THT will probably be pretty chalky as well. So, you know, maybe Chris Dunn, you know, so I, I would look into some Utah stuff. See if you can uh, make out anything out of this madness going on with Utah. So Utah news. So, so a lot going on in the back half of the slate today, everybody. So I hope that you are all around to late swap. And if you are not going to be around to late swap, do not play the main slate. All right. That's the best news I can give you. Or that's the best advice I can give you. If you're not going to be around to late swap, especially on a slate like today, better to play some showdowns, better to play some turbos, some things like that. But late swap, very valuable, uh, depending on when all this news comes out. All right, jumping back to the YouTube chat here. It looks like we have one more question here from Grayson. And Grayson said, I know in the past, Saberson was opposed to backtesting. If you backtest, what are you trying to find out? That will help for future contests. So I, I, I wouldn't say we're opposed to backtesting. Uh, we, we do a lot of backtesting on our in, internally, but I just think it's like the type of backtesting or or the way the backtesting occurs, right? So, so we're doing it, you know, on a... Uh, from like a programming standpoint, which is like outside of my skill set, but basically like the models guys and, and Matt are are going in and doing you know contest sims and and large sample back testing. Uh, what we really caution users from is going back to a previous slate and then trying to like reverse engineer the winning lineup, how to get that lineup in your pool, etc. Like that. We we we. We think that's more noise than signal, and we don't think you're going to be able to gain a lot from that. Uh, if you're interested in 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 analyzing your process in SaberSim, I think one thing that you can really do is go back to a slate, and then this is a concept we talked about. You know, some of the some of the uh, more uh, frequents in, in in the show will will know about this. Like Uncrabby Cabby uh, comes to mind. Is uh, go back into a build that you ran or the build that you use to build your lineups. Um, I think NBA is probably a bad example of this because of late swap. But basically what you can do is see how many lineups in your pool of lineups ended up in the top 1% of a contest. I think this makes more sense for something like NLB or NFL where you are not late swapping. I think late swapping uh, hurts 
this analysis a lot here, but basically what you're trying to do is determine how many of the lineups you score is and what the, uh, like the places. So if there's 20,000 entrants, go see what number 200 scored and then see what that score is and then come back to the app and then check that against actuals in your pool. So what you would do is you come into the pool, you would sort by actuals, which would be an option here once the slate is over and then see how many lineups you had above that threshold. And then that will tell you, you know, how strong was your pool? And then you can do different things from there. If you're, if you have a strong pool, that's great. You know, the, in that case, the more lineups you play, the better, the more unique lineups you get in play, the more likely it is those lineups end up in your contest. Right. But then if, if your analysis is showing you that you're not getting a lot in the top 1%, then that's an opportunity to decide, okay, do I want to do more player pool curation in the home screen? Do I want to set some rules? Do I want to, uh, do some more research and look into projections and areas that I think I can improve the app and some of the inputs into the app. And that is really the best use of your time, the best use of backtesting, the best way to add value to SaberSim and analyze your process. So if you are doing it, uh, that is the route I would take instead of just trying to figure out how to build the best lineup uh, from yesterday's slate and then do that exact thing today because slates change, salaries change, value changes, number of games on a slate changes. Um, one slate is not exactly equal to a past one. So along with that, uh, something else that we talked about, I believe like last week is uh, use a tool. Uh, Mike Carr said I'm having mic issues. So uh, let me know if I am still having mic issues. I do apologize about that. But if someone can confirm uh, that it was just like an intermittent glitch, uh, let me know and and we will continue here. But apologies, apologies about that. Okay, Mike, thank you. Thank you for the confirmation. Uh, but something else, you know, along those lines that we mentioned last week is use a tool like Results DB and uh, it's a free Roto-Grinders tool where they have past contest information and then compare your lineups to lineups of winning players of long-term winning players uh, such as Travis Petty, Petty Theft 89, such as Uticao, such as Shady Advice, such as Giant Squid, right? Such as Crafty Lefty, some of these uh, really good, you know, volume players in the community as well and see what they're playing and then see how your exposures match up to them and then see where you're wrong and or um, not where you're wrong, but where you're different and, and, let that guide your research like okay why did crafty lefty end up on this set of players and i did not and my exposure to them was really low and then see if you can um you know get some signal from that and and that's another area i would try and spend some time learning about my process but those are my best uh advice that's my best advice there and uh yeah let me know if you guys have any follow-up there but that is all the questions in the youtube chat and the Discord and from support. Looks like we got to a lot of questions today. So we will be right back tomorrow for our Tuesday show. So if you guys have any questions, building lineups throughout the day, something pops in your head, throw it in the Office Hours channel. Let it sit there. I'll try and get you an answer before Slate Lock if uh, you know to help you guys out. But then we will just circle back to it on the show. That way everybody can hear the answer to the question. So until tomorrow, take care, good luck, and I will see you. Bye.